Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning. This morning we have a guest who is the lead author of a report called the 2021 City Clean Energy Scorecard. It's something that grades U.S. cities on climate efforts such as clean transportation policies, reducing energy waste in homes and buildings, and moving toward a cleaner power grid and doing so equitably. And that is released just yesterday by the nonprofit and nonpartisan American Council for Energy Efficient Economy. And with me this morning, we have Stefan Samaripas, who is going to talk a little bit about what this report is, what it means, and specifically, we'll talk a little bit about Minnesota. Good morning, Stefan. Good morning. It's good to be here. Now, what exactly is this report about? It's called the 2021 Clean Energy Scorecard. Sure. Yeah. So the scorecard looks at 100 of the largest cities across the United States and the policies and programs that they have in place to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from all the activities that happen in in their communities. And we look at cities particularly because uh, at a global level, cities are responsible for more than 70% of the carbon dioxide emissions uh, that go into our atmosphere. And so there's a, a, an adamant need to look at uh, what cities are doing and, and see how they're, they're working to tackle all the issues associated with climate. So what are some of the things you actually look at then specifically and how do you grade them? Yeah, sure. So we at um, principally five different areas uh, of how cities work to tackle their greenhouse gas emissions and their energy use and work to bring those things down. We look at how they're working to address that um, through their buildings. We look at how they're working to reduce energy use and emissions from transportation activities, um, also their own operations. And in addition to that, we're also looking at initiatives that they've put in place that will tackle these things at a community-wide scale. So looking across all these different sectors. And then finally, we do look at how cities themselves are are looking to their own operations, uh, what's happening at a municipal level, and working to improve the energy performance there. And I noticed that you mentioned the 100 top cities in terms of population, I assume. And I know Minneapolis is one of those. Is St. Paul on there as well? Yes, Minneapolis and St. Paul are, are both cities that we look at. We look at principally the, the largest metropolitan areas and the central cities inside those, although we will look at um, some other large cities in those metro areas. And, and that's why we look at both Minneapolis and St. Paul in this case. Are there any other places in Minnesota that you did look at? No, not in this case. Uh, every year we do release a uh, what we call a self-scoring tool, which allows other cities uh, that we do not track in the city clean energy scorecard to assess themselves using the same metrics that we do in in the major report. And so we have had some cities across the country that are smaller that have taken advantage of that, but uh, these are the two main ones that we focus on. How long have you done this process? So this is actually the sixth edition of a city scorecard uh, that we've put out. There have been two versions of the scorecard. Uh, The most recent one, the one that we're just releasing is focused on clean energy. So we look at things like energy efficiency, how to reduce energy use, uh, 
um, through you know making improvements to your home, retrofitting your home, through uh, thinking about improving the efficiency of the transportation system. But we also look at things like renewable energy and how you may be reducing greenhouse gas emissions from putting solar on rooftops um, or investing in systems like microgrids at a local level. Previously, we the first three editions of the city scorecard, um, we only looked at energy efficiency. In the last three editions, we've broadened out to look at many other things that cities are doing to mitigate against climate change. Across the board of these 100 cities, have things improved in the last six years in terms of what cities are doing? Cities are, are as we've seen, are taking on an enormous diversity of different uh, clean energy policies and programs. We have seen the number and also the diversity of different initiatives really pop out in in recent years. One of the things that we do note is that, and we've seen this in the last uh, two or three editions now, is that unfortunately, when it comes to tracking how cities are doing, especially on their uh, greenhouse gas emissions targets, there are not a lot of cities that are on track to meet those. In fact, there are a lot of cities that aren't unfortunately even tracking data on whether or not they're, they're making progress towards those goals. Oh, really? Okay. Now, what are some of those national trends that you're finding? Also, in this year, uh, this year's scorecard really looked at the months following the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic and went through uh, the middle of this year, 2021. And what we saw is that in the immediate aftermath of the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, many cities scaled back their work. Many faced budget cuts, furloughs. Uh, folks were, uh, many cities were reorienting uh, their staff to focus on uh, COVID-19 response. And so there was a slowdown for several months. Uh, some cities did fill that time with doing some planning work for thinking about what they would do in terms of climate action or clean energy work uh, once they had an opportunity to do that. Some did continue some work, especially in in investing in renewable energy, investing in clean energy infrastructure, especially things like putting in electric vehicle chargers at the local level. And then this year, beginning in the end of 2020 and into this year, we saw a lot of cities picking up the pace and focusing a lot of effort on the building sector and putting a lot of policies and programs in place to reduce energy use and emissions in, in buildings at the local level. So in terms of the overall where is Minneapolis, St. Paul fall in terms of these other 100 cities? Like you said, it's a scorecard. So is it like an ABC grade or one, two, three, four, or how do you rank them? Yeah, so uh, cities are ranked one to 100 and Minneapolis is actually the fourth highest ranked city in the scorecard. This is the second year that Minneapolis has been ranked at number four and St. Paul is the 20th highest ranked city in the clean energy scorecard. So all in all, I mean, Minnesota is doing fairly decent, I'd say. Yes, compared to many cities. I mean, yes, both cities are in the top one fifth of, of our scores and, and doing really quite well. Where, who is your best? Just you always want to know the top. Let's say top three, for example. Yeah, so this year our uh, number one city was a first time number one scorer was uh, San Francisco. And uh, second place was Seattle. They were scored number two last year, uh, so they maintained their spot. Number three this year was Washington, D.C., which moved up three spots uh, to take that place. I was just wondering if COVID, you know, you talked about the impact of COVID. 
a lot of people started working from home, so perhaps there weren't as many cars on the road. Did that influence your results at all, do you think, in terms of maybe there was less issues with not as much energy used, all that sort of thing? Also, we have seen that one of the things that cities have certainly worked to tackle is that the number of transit riders has dropped substantially. And transit is one of the lower options for getting around a city. And many cities are, are thinking up new ways to try and encourage people to take transit or other um, non-car means of, of transportation, things like walking or biking or you know using a scooter or something along those lines. But we did not not, for this iteration, we did not yet have an opportunity to include any data from 2020 as far as emissions and, and um, activities from that year. Although there are some other research researchers that have looked at this, and the initial indication is that emissions and energy use dropped significantly in 2020 in the months following the onset of the onset of the pandemic but they have picked back up in the months in the waning months of 2020 and into 2021 from what we can tell we talked about the best what are some of the bottom ones that i mean are they typical ones we might think of i think of maybe the south maybe i'm totally wrong but what what were some of the bottom ones in terms of this score so you know a number of the lower ranked cities are mid-sized cities although that is not universally true for everyone. We had some fairly high scoring mid-sized cities, cities like Albuquerque, uh, Madison, Wisconsin was our most improved city this year. But some of the, the the cities that are in the bottom are cities like Provo, Utah, McAllen, Texas, Cape Coral, Florida, Wichita, Kansas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Those are the five lowest ranked cities in, in the scorecard. What was it that made San Francisco come out on top? What significant thing did they do that makes them such a high ranking in their climate efforts? San Francisco came out on top. One of the reasons that San Francisco came out on top is because it excels in terms of its transportation initiatives. It has done a lot to tackle uh, greenhouse gas emissions and energy use in the transportation sector, encouraging electric vehicles. It has um, an extremely high accessible, uh, extremely accessible transit system, not only to just the gen the population in general, but also especially a lot of low income households that are in the city. And so they've made they've worked to make sure that that folks have options you know, getting in their car to, to, to get to work or, you know, go to a coffee shop or, or uh, what have you. And they've also put a lot of focus on uh, race and social equity in their policies and programs. They have launched several initiatives to uh, reach out to folks that are communities of color, uh, low-income communities, bring them into the process of planning for the various different plans and policies and programs that they've initiated. And so that's another reason why they did well in this scorecard. It's, it's one of the things that we ourselves in the scorecard have put an increasing focus on in our metrics because a lot of cities are putting such a focus on addressing inequities in those communities. And you know, as many studies have shown, low-income communities, communities of color, uh, indigenous people, th these folks are some of the first and worst hit by the effects of climate change. And many cities are recognizing that and, and stepping up to address it. Now, you mentioned public transportation is one of the lead things that helped San Francisco. What was, do you think, that put Minneapolis way up there toward uh, number, number four on the, the list? So like I said, I mean, Minneapolis has been scored relatively high for a couple of years now. And similar to San Francisco, 
the city has placed a, a very large focus on equity and its clean energy initiatives. It is specific. It has launched a place-based initiative called the Green Zones Initiative that looks specifically at areas that have been historically ex- experienced historic levels of high pollution, have very low incomes, have received very little investment, and have directed a lot of the programs and offers and whether they're energy efficiency or, or renewable energy programs, have, have directed a lot of opportunities to those communities in particular. They've also invested in community solar gardens uh, for you know low-income folks that live in the city. And they've made sure that a lot of low-income households, similar to what I pointed out about San Francisco, have a quick and easy access to high-quality transit. More than two-thirds of the low-income households in the city are within a half mile of roughly walking distance or so of uh, some sort of transit option. Now, St. Paul did not rank as high. You said it was number 20, which isn't horrible. What is it that they are lacking that they might be higher that they could do to make themselves rank higher in terms of their climate effort? Well, one of the things that um, Minneapolis has done that St. Paul has has not yet done is that Minneapolis has, you know, adopted a few different initiatives to encourage building owners to improve the energy efficiency uh, of of their properties. For example, both Minneapolis and St. Paul have what are called energy benchmarking uh, requirements that ensure that building owners have, you know, that report their energy performance on a regular basis to the public. But one thing that that Minneapolis has done that St. Paul has not is they've not gone an extra step and asked that those building owners then take some action to improve the energy performance of a low performing property. So that is one thing that that Minneapolis has set up as a a pathway for energy improvement in in buildings that St. Paul has not. Unlike Minneapolis, St. Paul also does not unfortunately have nearly as high a level of access for low income households to transit. And so thinking about sort of especially building new properties or renovating existing buildings when when those projects un, are undertaken how are there are there opportunities to make sure that low-income households are are able to access homes that are in close proximity to transit. That's that's another thing that St. Paul could do to, you know, bring up its score. Another thing I think in the report was about policy and how policy helps with climate effort scores. What sorts of policies are you talking about specifically? For Minneapolis or St. Paul? In general, I guess cities are doing better and how are they getting higher scores based on some of their policies and what policies are the ones that help them in their efforts? Sure. So, I mean, you know, in addition to kind of, you know, some of the things I've already mentioned, one of the things that is especially advantageous for Minneapolis and St. Paul that you will see in other parts of the country is that the two cities have a close relationship, a partnership with their local utilities. And utilities for many years have offered incentive programs, no cost upgrades for homes and businesses to improve the energy efficiency of properties. And one of the things that you're seeing that is encouraging in Minneapolis and St. Paul and many other cities around the country are working on and looking to these cities as examples, actually, is that, you know, is that effort to form a partnership and to you know, leverage what the utilities are doing with what the city can do and, and bring together a really robust offer, opportunity for homeowners and renters and businesses in these communities to, you know, to, to make large energy efficiency improvements. 
Why do you do the rankings? It's the nonprofit and nonpartisan American Council for Energy Efficient Economy. Why you do you do this? Well, we do it because it's it's a great opportunity to catalog what it is that cities are doing and and to keep up with all the new clean energy activities that cities are undertaking. One of the things that that I've I've worked with cities for a while now, and one of the things that I've really found to be true is that cities really benefit from looking at one another and learning from one another in their experience in terms of pursuing policies and programs. And so this clean energy scorecard really stands as a resource to provide to cities so that they have a lot of opportunities to see what other cities are up to and maybe think about undertaking those themselves. And then, you know, it can breed also healthy competition. We've seen several cities that have seen where their ranking is in a given year and then made it a goal for themselves to improve, whether it's within a year or two years or three years. And in many cases, we see that those cities, you know, do actually improve and they move up in the rankings. And so it can be a really good motivator for cities to undertake new work and, and, and new efforts. Do you have any big movers or shakers you can mention and maybe what they did to make a big jump? Sure. So like I said, I mean, Madison is actually our most improved city this year, right next door in, in Wisconsin. Madison did a few things uh, that are notable. One is, is that they made it a requirement that any new property development, that the parking in that new development be equipped to be made ready for electric vehicle charging infrastructure. And they also, electric vehicle chargers, and then they also went another step and they actually require that a small portion of those spaces in multifamily and commercial properties actually install the chargers. And so that's one of the reasons they moved up in the rankings. They made a substantial investment in renewable energy to power their own municipal operations. They also adopted some new, what we call green infrastructure requirements for new properties, essentially helping to address the the urban heat island effect that we see where cities, all these concrete or, or hard surfaces, they, they attract a lot of heat. One of the ways you can mitigate against that is putting in requirements when you build those properties to minimize the amount of hard impervious surfaces that you have. And so that's one of the things that Madison has done. You know, Charlotte was our second most improved city this year. And I'll, I'll note that they actually have been moving up the ranks consistently for the last three years. A couple of notable things about them that they undertook this last year is they undertook an effort to create a new renewable energy and energy efficiency uh, workforce development initiative. So they've made an effort to build out the clean energy economy at the local level by starting up those new programs. They also passed a new policy for their own municipal operations to ensure that Everything they're doing from buying new vehicles in the local government to making upgrades and improvements to their properties, that that, that goes, that those, those improvements are going to make big dents in their own greenhouse gas emissions and energy use. You know, I know every city's different. So for some, there might be something that's easier or more difficult than another. Is there anything that a city, a municipality can do that can dramatically improve their climate effort score? I mean, is there any one thing that maybe it's the easiest thing to do and you just have to do it? One of the things that we, uh, you know, I'll go back to what I mentioned earlier, which is that one of the very first steps that a lot of cities can take is just taking a stock of where they sit right now and thinking about what it is they can and should be doing to improve their own performance in terms of energy use, 
greenhouse gas emissions moving into the future. We in the scorecard look at a lot of plans and that cities have in place and whether or not they have those and the degree to which the goals in those plans are ambitious and realistic and whether or not they're on track to achieve those things. And, you know, the reason we do that is because, you know, having an organized strategic plan in place really helps guide cities to then, you know, take up the necessary steps to put in new policies, put in new programs that will actually help at the end of the day, help get cities where where they need to go in in terms of mitigating against climate change. Is there a model city that other municipalities could look at and say, let's imitate what they did and maybe this will be a good plan for us? There's not one particular city that everyone can replicate because the cities in this country are so diverse. Uh, they're all different sizes. They're all facing different challenges based on their geography or their local economy. And so one of the things we actually did in this year's Clean Energy Scorecard is we grouped a lot of the cities that fell outside our top 10 rankings. We grouped those together based on similar population characteristics. The reason we did that is because Cities with of a similar size, they're seeing similar growth patterns in terms of population. They have a lot of similarities in terms of their economy. They have a lot of similarities in terms of their overall energy use. And so, you know, one of the great things about this report is that cities can look to not only just the overall leaders that we highlight in the report, but they can also look to cities that are excelling, that are very similar to their own to find, you know, good examples of policies and programs that maybe they themselves might want to think about adopting. Is this released to all cities then for them to look at and maybe make those comparisons? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we will, I mean, reports available online to anyone who wants to take a look at it. We've also released some specific guidelines, fact sheets for each city. We have an online interactive database with highlighting some of the data from the scorecard. We, apart from just putting it up on our website and promoting it like we are in it right now, we, we also reach out to individual cities after we, we release this scorecard to have individual conversations with them and see if there are ways that we can support their work, you know, going into the next several months or year or two years. Is there a way that your average person like me or any of the listeners can access this? Sure, yeah. So it's 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 up on our website. It's uh, A-C-E-E-E or acee.org. You can easily find it up there. You can download the report, like I said, check out some of the data or some of the complimentary resources that we have around City Scorecard. You know, and also, of course, we'll, we try on our website to point you to other reports that might be related to this, this, this report and, and might be helpful to check out as well. Now, we're a city of about 50,000, give or take. So we're, I guess, maybe that's considered small to us in Minnesota. That's big. Are there any similar reports that are done anywhere to with this size of a, a city community? Not that I am aware of that just only focus on smaller cities. I mean, I, you know, I, like I, I, I mentioned there, we do release a clean energy self-scoring tool. And so you can take that and use that to kind of assess what's going on in your own community, even if you're not in our city clean energy scorecard. We have looked at resources online on our website that highlight some lessons learned from smaller cities and, and some of the efforts that they're undertaking. And so we do have some resources that touch on that. I'll say it's those resources are not exactly the same as the city scorecard, but they are still helpful. And, and we find that, you know, certainly there are a number of smaller cities that are taking on innovative and very forward-looking initiatives to, to tackle some of the challenges they're facing. We've been talking with Stefan Samaripas 
who is from the nonprofit and nonpartisan American Council for Energy Efficient Economy. Any final words for us before I go today? Well, I'll just say that, you know, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs. Uh, I've worked on this project for a number of years and seen a lot of cities make a difference in in their communities and I'm excited to see what we'll we'll track in, in the coming years. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Stefan. Good luck to you and have great holidays. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Everyday is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.